and welcome back to the Football Outsiders Fantasy Podcast. I'm Scott Spratt, a writer for Football Outsiders, which is part of the Edge Sports family. It's the Thursday leading into the Week 7 games, so I'm going to run through all of my favorite and least favorite matchups for players this week based on their venues, the forecasted weather, and their defensive opponents. So let's get that started with quarterbacks, where my favorite matchups include Josh Allen, Aaron Rodgers, Jared Goff, Matt Ryan, and Dak Prescott. For Josh Allen, uh, he you know he gets most of his fantasy value from his legs, so he's kind of matchup independent most of the time. But you could really say that about Lamar Jackson too. And Jackson threw for 324 yards and five touchdowns against the Dolphins in Week One. That's who Allen gets this week. Even since then, all four of Tom Brady, Dak Prescott, Philip Rivers, and Case Keenum threw two touchdowns against the Dolphins. They're the number 32 DVOA pass defense. And even if the Bills end up running a little bit later in this game to kill some clock, I still think Allen should have a very nice day and is always a threat to score a rushing touchdown too. So that, that puts him in my top five this week. For Aaron Rodgers, his ranking may depend a little bit on the health of his skill position players because all three of Devontae Adams, Marquez Valdez, Scantling, and Geronimo Allison are hurt at receiver and also Jimmy Graham too. None of those four players practiced on Wednesday. And so I would say he probably needs to get at least two of those wide receivers to play for me to feel totally comfortable. But if they do, then he's got a fantastic matchup against the Raiders, who increased touchdowns per attempt for, uh, for quarterbacks by 60%. That's tied with the Dolphins and also tied with the Falcons for the most in football. For Jared Goff, you know, he's normally a player that has massive home and road splits, but last week that didn't work out for him facing the stout number one DVOA pass defense in the 49ers. He threw for just 78 yards last week. This week he's on the road, but he's in Atlanta, and Atlanta's really been a good team to face if your team is having some offensive problems. They increase yards per attempt for quarterbacks by 12% and touchdowns per attempt by 60%, and again, that's tied for the most in football. And then importantly, they also increase pass plays by 5%, which is pretty unusual for a bad defense. So I could really see this game helping boost Goff and the Rams out of their offensive funk. And then of note, for a guy that experiences those normal home and road splits, Playing on the road in a dome is typically equivalent to playing at home outdoors for for players that kind of deal with those situations. So this may not be as tough of a situation for Goff outside of his home stadium as is typical. I mean, and and again, facing such a great defensive matchup, it's hard to complain. I think he's going to be a top five passer this week as well. Across the field from Goff, you have Matt Ryan. He's been pretty matchup independent so far this season, at least 300 passing yards in every game and at least three passing touchdowns in four of his last five games. Garbage time has had a lot to do with that, but hey, I mean, that's that's kind of what's working for the Falcons. There's no reason to expect it to stop anytime soon. Meanwhile, the Rams increased passing touchdowns per attempt by 33%. I think there's a little bit of risk there with Jalen Ramsey joining this team. Uh, obviously, the Rams paid a, a healthy ransom to, to grab him in a trade, and he should really boost their pass defense. But of all the teams facing them, the Falcons seem the one best equipped to handle Ramsey being added to that mix because Ryan is getting so much more of his fantasy production for secondary receivers and from tight ends and running backs than he even is from Julio Jones. So I have no hesitation in using Ryan this week. He should be excellent at home against the Rams. And then Dak Prescott gets the Sunday night game against the Eagles. Eagles pass defense, obviously dealing with a lot of injuries to the secondary. To me, that was the team that really could have used Jalen Ramsey more than any other. Um, But the Eagles also increased pass plays by 17%, which is the most in football. And they're fresh off a game where they allowed Kirk Cousins to throw for 333 yards and four touchdowns. Expect a big game for Prescott and the Cowboys receivers, even if Amari Cooper is unable to play in this one. For the quarterbacks with bad matchups this week, we have Deshaun Watson, Patrick Mahomes, Andy Dalton, Teddy Bridgewater, and Ryan Fitzpatrick. Those first two names are obviously the most important ones. 
And with Watson, he's kind of interestingly had pretty neutral home and road splits in his career, but I think that's a bit deceptive because he's run for seven rushing touchdowns on the road versus just five at home in his career. And so I think that's making it kind of skew the numbers. Watson is definitely throwing more touchdowns per game at home and fewer interceptions per game at home than on the road. Meanwhile, Watson gets the Colts defense that limited Patrick Mahomes to one touchdown two weeks ago and just more generally decreased passing touchdowns per attempt by 24%, which is the fourth most in football. I think this could be a tough day for Watson, and I would say if you're just looking at Watson's production for the season on, on um, in its entirety, then you probably think he's doing a little bit better than I think he probably is because his MVP campaign is really built on that 425 passing yard, five passing touchdown day against the Falcons who I already kind of suggested is the best matchup for an opposing quarterback. For Mahomes, he really hasn't shown a lot of splits in his career either. He's actually done a little bit better on the road than at home um, for fantasy production. And he broke out of his touchdown funk where he had just one passing touchdown over two games by throwing three last week against the Texans. So I'm not really too scared about him here in this matchup. Um, Mahomes is facing the, the Broncos on the road, but I think there are some specific Chiefs to be a little bit more worried about, which I'll get to in a bit. And then for Andy Dalton, Teddy Bridgewater, and Ryan Fitzpatrick, I don't think you were probably eager to use those guys in many of your formats. Uh, Bridgewater and Fitzpatrick, I think, are no-brainer sets facing the Bears in their number 60 VOA pass defense and the Bills in their number 40 VOA pass defense. But Dalton, I think, against the Jaguars has a similarly tough matchup. So far this season, the Jags have been very susceptible to the run, number 32 DVOA run defense, and more middle of the pack against the pass of the number 16 DVOA pass defense. But since week one with that Chiefs blowout, They've limited their opponents to just 214 passing yards and 1.0 passing touchdowns per game. So I would avoid Dalton and at least the outside Bengals receivers this week against the Jaguars. Pivoting over to running backs where the best matchups this week include Saquon Barkley, Leonard Fournette, Philip Lindsay, David Johnson, Todd Gurley, and Royce Freeman, barring some injury questions with some of those guys. That kind of starts with Barkley. Um, although Barkley was back at full practice on Wednesday, So I think he's going to play this week. I don't think Wayne Gallman is, but regardless, if Barkley's back, I think that moves him back to his traditional spot at the top of the running back rankings. He's number one for me this week. He faces a Cardinals defense that's number 25 DVOA against the run. And Leonard Fournette gets a similarly good one at home against the Bengals, number 27 DVOA defense against the run. Philip Lindsay's probably a little bit less of a no-brainer play from week to week in fantasy, but he gets the Chiefs defense. It's number 31 DVOA defense against the run. They really haven't made any improvements from last year, despite their many attempts to, to do so. So Lindsay should be a good start, and Freeman too, if you're, if you're looking for a flex option. I think both of those guys could be productive this week. David Johnson gets the Giants, and the Giants have actually been pretty decent against the run with a number 13 DVOA defense, whereas much weaker against the pass, number 28. But considering that Johnson does so much of his fantasy work as a receiver anyway, averaging five catches per game, I'm not really worried about that distinction for their defense. And meanwhile, the Giants increased run plays by 6%, so this could be a bigger volume day for Johnson anyway, even if his efficiency isn't quite what it could be. So I'm happy to start him. I think he's going to be great this week. For Gurley, you know, I was a little bit surprised by this, but he had a limited practice session on Wednesday while Malcolm Brown, his backup, was out on for practice. So I'm not exactly sure how this matchup is going to shake out, but if Gurley plays, I'm going to be starting him because the Falcons, in addition to being a really good matchup for opposing quarterbacks and and receivers, they increase rushing yards per attempt by 11% and rushing touchdowns per attempt by 4%. Not quite the boost that he gives to the passing game, but should be a nice game for Gurley or whichever uh, Rams back ends up starting for this game. Okay, next up, the running backs with the worst matchups for this week. They include Marlon Mack, Latavius Murray, Le'Veon Bell, LaShawn McCoy, Jordan Howard, and David Montgomery. 
For Marlon Mack, you know, I'm not super scared of the Texans defense. They're the number 11 DVOA rush defense. I think the reason that you're, you're probably most scared from a fantasy perspective is that they cut rushing touchdowns by 37%. That's the third most in football behind just the Titans and Bears. So this may be a little bit of a situation where the, the Texans are a worse matchup for fantasy production than they are for actual running backs. So I would say... St- don't steer clear of Marlon Mack. I think he's pretty safe as a running back, too, even in his worst matchups, but maybe not a great DFS option for you this week. And then Latavius Murray is actually going to be a very interesting DV, uh, DV, DFS matchup because Alvin Kamara, I mean, this is kind of sneaky, but I'm not sure he's going to play this week. All reports make it sound like he's dealing with a high ankle sprain, and those typically lead to multiple weeks missed. But I, I feel like the, you know, the the Saints are kind of playing coy with this and acting like Kamara is going to play. You definitely need to follow the news on this because this is going to be a big swing for Latavius Murray's value. I think Murray, in memory serves, he was the number 26 priced running back in DFS on DraftKings. And so that's going to make him seem like a good matchup if he ends up getting the starting nod with Kamara out. But keep in mind that the Bears cut rushing touchdowns per attempt by 38%. Again, that's the most in football. So Murray may not be the tip-top matchup, even if he gets to play here as the, the sort of the head back for the Saints. So keep that in mind. I'm not sure I love him this week, even in DFS, with that happening. For LaShawn McCoy and the Chiefs, I really have no idea what the Chiefs are doing with their running backs right now. Two weeks ago in Week 5, McCoy took zero carries out of nine total running back carries for the team. And then last week, he got eight of ten. So who's the lead back for this team? I don't know. Damian Williams played both of those games. Daryl Williams is still a little bit involved. Your guess is as good as mine. The one thing I will say about McCoy is that he's less involved in the passion game than either Williams, and so that, I think that means that he's going to be more susceptible to matchups, both in terms of home road and in terms of teams with good defenses and run defenses in particular. Denver's got a pretty good run defense, maybe not as good as their pass defense, but on the road in Denver, I think McCoy's going to have a tough matchup and, and being more matchup sensitive, I think he's going to be a tough player to start in your shallow leagues or in DFS this week. And then David Montgomery, I think, is, is kind of vaulted up into my running back two discussion in terms of true talent rankings. But he actually draws the Saints defense this week that is boosted up to 14th in overall DVOA and 16th in run defense DVOA. They've been very strong since Teddy Bridgewater took over at quarterback. Talking to Aaron Schatz, I don't think there's really any suggestion to say that a more conservative passing offense leads to better defensive production. But maybe the Saints defense is just gelling for whatever reason, and I think that makes them a bit of a scary matchup for the time being. Meanwhile, the Saints just generally cut run plays by 16%, so regardless of efficiency, it's a team that the Bears may not get a ton of running opportunities against, and that makes Montgomery more of a flex consideration for me this week than his typical RB2 status. Next up, wide receivers. The best matchups include Michael Gallup, Devontae Adams, T.Y. Hilton, Cooper Cup, and uh, Jamison Crowder. For Gallup, a little bit of this is going to depend on whether or not Amari Cooper plays. He suffered, or I guess re-injured his quad last week, and my read of things is he's not going to play this week, and I could actually see him missing multiple weeks, but that's not a given, so that's something you should check on. But of course, Gallup has had at least seven targets in every game he's played this season, even when Cooper's been on the field, so at worst, he's a wide receiver too. I think he's going to end up being the number one wide receiver for the Cowboys this week, and that's a really good spot against the Eagles. I already mentioned that they increased pass plays by 17%, which is the most in football, but number one receivers are averaging 8.9 targets and 81 yards per game against them. So if Gallup is that guy, I think he's going to have a favorable matchup and produce very well for you in fantasy. For Devontae Adams, I really don't have a lot of confidence that he's going to play, but the Raiders do increase passing yards per attempt by 16% and passing touchdowns per attempt by 60%. Again, that's tied with the Dolphins and Falcons for the most in football. 
So if Adams plays, he's a no-brainer as his his usual standard. Uh, For T.Y. Hilton, he gets that Texans team that increases pass plays by 4% and passing touchdowns per attempt by 10%. I think we think of the Texans as being a good pass defense, but I think that has more to do with the pass rush, which increases passer fumbles by 102% with those sacks. And, and, you know, Panthers quarterback Kyle Allen can tell you a thing or two about that. But that means that while um, the quarterback could have a little bit of trouble here, Hilton, I think, should be probably fine. Uh, the Texans, they're number 14 in DVA against number one wide receivers, so middle of the pack. But they're allowing 8.7 targets and 80 yards per game to those guys. So more of a volume play again. I think Hilton is going to be productive here. And something else to note about Hilton is that he has had pretty marked home and road splits throughout his career. Um, at home, 15.6 fantasy points per game versus 13.6 on the road since 2012. So I think that's something you can bet on pretty pretty safely, and I think that makes him a top option for you in fantasy this week. I think I have him either second or third. Next up, we have Cooper Cup. He's facing those Falcons, and you know most weeks I'm talking about how the Falcons are just an easy matchup for outside receivers, and that's definitely true because they're number 30 in DVOA against number one outside receivers, number 31 against number two outside receivers, but of course the Falcons are also number 30 against all other receivers, including slot receivers, so I think that makes this a good matchup for Cup, just the way it is for Robert Woods and Brandon Cooks. But of note for the Rams this year, after having a fairly balanced target distribution among those guys last year, Cup is seeing 31.7% of their wide receiver and tight end targets this year, compared to just 23.4% for Woods and 17.0% for Cooks. So Cup, I think, is clearly the number one guy for the, for the Rams right now. But that said, I still have Woods up to 23rd for the week in my PPR wide receiver rankings and Cooks up to 34th. Both of those are about five spots higher than I have them most weeks. So, you know, go ahead and start all of those guys. And if you want to build a little bit of a Ram stack for you in DFS, I think that could work out for you. And then next up, Jamison Crowder. This is a little bit dangerous because we're talking about a Patriots defense that is number two in pass defense. Um, but the Patriots are a little bit stronger against outside receivers. And with Crowder, and I know it's only been two games, but with Sam Darnold at quarterback, he's averaging 13 targets per game this season versus just five per game with, with other Jets starters. So this may be somebody that Darnold is, is willing to rely on, and I think he may be a target that Darnold has to rely on if Demarius Thomas and Robbie Anderson get locked down on the outside. You know, one part of this is I feel like Chris Herndon is probably going to miss this game, and I'll talk about him a little bit more in a second. But if that happens, I think Darnold is going to be a little bit more reliant on Crowder uh, coming out of the slot than he typically would be, too. So I think he may be a sneaky play for you. I have him as a back-end wide receiver, two in PPR format specifically, not nearly as appealing and standard. But uh, it's a risky play against the Patriots. There's no doubt about that. Okay, pivoting to the wide receivers of the worst matchups this week, we have Tyreek Hill, Keenan Allen, Tyler Boyd, Michael Thomas, and Tyler Lockett. For Tyreek Hill, um, he, he came back healthy last week and immediately put up excellent fantasy production. I think he had 100 yards and definitely had two touchdowns. But the, the Broncos have really kind of gotten it going with their pass defense. They're up to eighth on the season in DVOA. They just sacked the Titans seven times last week, even without Bradley Chubb in their lineup. So I think the Broncos are kind of back to the way we thought of them before the start of the season. Now, what's interesting with the Broncos is overall for the year, they've been a bad defense against number one wide receivers, number 27 in DVOA versus number two against secondary receivers. But for whatever reason, they and Chris Harris have always had a lot of success against Tyreek Hill. They faced him five times so far in his career, and Hill is averaging just 43 receiving yards per game and only has one touchdown in those five games. So I think this is going to be a tough matchup for Hill, and I have him more as a back-end wide receiver too. 
when he's more like a, a wide receiver one most weeks. I kind of have a similar thing going on here with Keenan Allen, um, although it's it's more obvious that that's the case because he's facing the Titans defense that's top 10 in DVOA against both number one and number two receivers. So probably tough week for Keenan Allen, probably tough, tough week for uh, Mike Williams as well. For Tyler Boyd, the Jaguars are a little bit stronger on the outside than they are on the interior. So maybe Boyd will be okay playing out of the slot, but still could be a tough matchup for all of your Bengals receivers. Uh, Michael Thomas, he draws the Bears defense that obviously is super strong against the pass. They cut passing yards per attempt by 15% and touchdowns per attempt by 34%. But Thomas is getting almost 50% of the Saints wide receiver and tight end target shares. So none of that's enough to bump him out of the top spot for me for the week um, at the position, but maybe not a great DFS play uh, because of his price. And then Tyler Lockett, up to number two for me at wide receiver in terms of true talent rankings, but falls to number four this week. He draws the Ravens defense, and obviously the Ravens defense hasn't been as good this season as maybe expected entering the year, um, or maybe people did expect it considering how much defensive talent they lost to free agency over the offseason. But one area that they haven't struggled at all is against number one receivers, where they're number two in DVOA. Cornerback Marlon Humphrey has been incredible, 83% cornerback success rate. That's uh, 11 or 12%, sorry, that's 22% higher than Brandon Carr, their current number two cornerback uh, with Jimmy Smith hurt. And I think really the secondary cornerbacks are, is the reason they ended up trading for Marcus Peters. I don't really have any concerns about Humphrey's ability to match up with Lockett. Now, Lockett's probably going to be okay in fantasy, but maybe don't expect his top, top performance like he's been providing you for since the beginning of last year, really. Okay, let's close this up with some tight ends. My favorite matchups this week include Austin Hooper, Jason Witten, Noah Fant, Jimmy Graham, and Ryan Griffin of the Jets. For Hooper, I don't really think you need to worry too much about matchups at this point. He's up to 480 receiving yards for the season. That's the second most of the position uh, behind just... um, Travis Kelsey, and he's actually top 10 among all receivers on pace to more, to nearly double his previous career high. I think he's knocking on the door of becoming one of the, the top tier options up there with Kittle and Ertz too. So Hooper, you can, you can be pretty confident about, but the Rams who he's playing also are in the upper half of teams, allowing targets and yards to tight ends. So a good matchup for a very productive player. For Jimmy Graham, this is that Raiders matchup. They're, they're bottom 10 DVOA against tight ends. So it's a good matchup if he plays. And he, he could probably get some extra targets if, if Adams, Valdez-Scantling, or Allison, if any of those guys miss. But watch Graham, too, because he's dealing with the ankle injury, and it's possible that he'll miss. Really complicated situation up there in Green Bay. And then for the Jets, Ryan Griffin, I mostly wanted to mention him. He draws that the Patriots matchup that may not really be great for anybody. I think they're probably a little bit worse against tight ends than they are against outside receivers. But the real reason I wanted to bring him up is that Chris Herndon, coming off the four-game PED suspension to start the year, was put on the active roster, so you may be interested in starting him. But I think he's actually going to miss this week with a hamstring injury, and that's really important to note because this game is Monday night football, so you don't have a lot of backup options if you want to roll with Hernan in the game. So I would just suggest picking up Griffin if you uh, if you plan to start Hernan because I, I'm really not sure Hernan's going to play, and I think Griffin can maybe be a tight end two for you if, that, if that's what ends up happening. And then on the bad side of the draw for tight ends, a lot of tight ends that you're not going to bench, but Travis Kelsey, Hunter Henry, Mark Andrews, Tyler Eifert, and Zach Ertz. With Kelsey, he draws the Broncos defense that's number two, uh, six in DVOA against tight ends, although Kelsey has a much better track record against the Broncos than uh, his teammate and wide receiver Tyreek Hill does. In fact, last year he had remarkably similar production lines against them of 78 yards in a touchdown and 79 yards in a touchdown. So he'll probably do that again this week. I actually have him as the number one tight end, despite losing two fantasy points 
for the matchup in my projections there. Uh, for Hunter Henry, Mark Andrews, and Zach Ertz, I think they're all pretty safely in the tight end two range. Um, I mean, sorry, in the, the tier two tight end range, kind of between the three and seven spot in my overall tight end rankings. They're all being downgraded this week, although most of that is more for being on the road than it is for the defenses they're facing. Really, the only defense that I'm super scared of for tight ends right now is the 49ers. Uh, they're number one against tight ends and number one just in general against the pass. Um, but, you know, this week, the 49ers, they are playing the Redskins, so I doubt that you were going to be playing Vernon Davis or Jeremy Sprinkle against them anyway. So I wouldn't be too scared of those guys. They're all still in my top 10 as usual. Okay, that's going to do it for this week's episodes of the Football Outsiders Fantasy Podcast. Thanks for listening. If you haven't already, please subscribe, rate, and review the podcast. It's available on both iTunes and Google Podcasts. And then come back next Tuesday when I'll look back at the Week 7 games and offer my favorite waiver wire picks leading into Week 8. Thanks, and I will talk to you then. That's right.